Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host, along with Dr. Tim Hayes. And we welcome you to the show. Today is Thursday, January the 21st, 2016. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1 and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We're honored that you're here to join us once again to talk about first-century Aramaic forgiveness and all of the corollary tools that uh, that go along with the process. We had an awesome night last night at uh, the Ayurvedic Center in Hollywood, Florida. We've got two more nights, Thursday and Friday, so if you're in the Hollywood, Florida area and like to join us, we'd be delighted to have you here. We'll be uh, starting at 7 o'clock tonight with uh, communication. Did you hear what I think I said? and tomorrow night, codependence to interdependence. So we have two free workshops. Come and join us. And then uh, Saturday, we'll be doing Mind Shifters and Still Point Breathing. It's the one workshop we uh, we do charge a fees for, so that's not a freebie, but uh, it'll start about 8 o'clock in the morning at the Ayurvedic Center in Hollywood on uh, Saturday morning and go through to sometime between 5 and 6 in the evening. And, and after that, we'll be heading back to, uh, to Ellington to get back to work on editing videos and writing. So things are rocking along, and uh, it's a it's a delight to be reconnecting with some friends here in South Florida. And uh, this stay seems a little bit short, but we are on the road. And the tools, watching, listening, interacting with people, and the changes that are happening in their lives, pretty exciting. And uh, we're also excited about uh, the intensive that's uh, starting on. Uh, February 1st, Monday night, a week from Monday, we'll begin a nine-day codependence to interdependence intensive. And as it turns out, right at this moment, we have uh, two slots available, one for a man and one for a woman, but not a couple. Uh, the way the uh, the room arrangements are working out, we've got those two spaces still available and uh, for the nine-day. And, of course, that nine-day will turn into a 16-day for anybody who wants to stretch it out and uh, open up to the full 16 days. And then by the uh, we'll take the day, the, the 17th off, and we'll, on the 18th we'll start 
a 16-day laws of living. And anybody who's ready to uh, to pick up and feels like this is their work to do, laws of living is one of the most powerful ways to do that, one of the simplest ways where you don't have to create a whole workshop in your mind to be able to present it, but rather there's a textbook and people can pick up and uh, become uh, uh, teachers of the work. I don't know if maybe... Uh, Susan might be with us. Maybe she'd call in and say hello and let us know how her Laws of Living class is going. I know that uh, we've been back and forth and processing big time. Every time she does another Laws of Living, and she's on her fourth, and she was telling me the last time we talked that she's setting the dates for her fifth. You know, in all the years we've been teaching Laws of Living, Susan's the first one who's taken it to that level. And actually, you know, lots of people talk about it, but it takes real courage and work to face yourself and what you're going to work through, what you're going to deal with, all the blocks that can come up. There's just all kinds of stuff that happens. And uh, I love what Richard Bach says, we teach best that which we most need to learn. So if you have an affinity with this work and you feel like you want to teach it, this is a course that you can teach and it will support you in working through everything you need to work through and take your life to a whole other level. So that'll start on the 18th of February, right here in Orlando, and I understand there's cold stuff happening up north. We've been told that the 12-inch snowfall that was expected in Bristol, Tennessee, was uh, was cut back to six inches. So everybody seems to be delighted about that. Although I'm not sure if they're still calling for that additional 36 inches today or not. But burr, I'm glad we're in Florida, even though it's been cold here. It's been down to 47 degrees. I mean, it's been really... No, just kidding. Just kidding. For you folks up north, just teasing. It's okay. I, I'm i glad I'm here. And if you want to come and join us for February, come and play. Beyond that, our call-in number is 646-200-4169. If there's a way we can support you, if you have a question for us, then we would love to hear your voice. And uh, if you're on one of those stations, we can't see you in our control panel, then just dial into 646-200-4169 and put your hand up. To put your hand up, you push one, and uh, Jeannie will introduce you by your area code. And Dr. Tim, how are you today, sir? I'm doing very well, thank you. Awesome. Anything exciting well. showing up in your world? Well, you know, generally, it's interesting how many times themes will develop. And this week, the theme seems to be the distinction between um, premature positive thinking and getting stuck process of trying to figure it out and doing one's work at whatever level, what that means. A lot of people, for a lot of people, it means I have to go back and dig into my childhood traumas and my past relationship traumas. Um, so that's been the theme this week. People, time and again, asking me to help them sort out, well, what about, you know, uh, Abraham says, live in the moment and you don't have to go back and dig anything out. And Matt Kahn says, you know, the absolute proof that you don't have anything left to work on is if you survive something in the moment, the next moment there's nothing for you to work on based on that. And then other people who say, and then other people who say, you know, um, there's a lot of work to do. And 
so that's been the theme, trying to help people sort that out. It came up again in the Tuesday group. There was a discussion about the philosophical uh, aspect of things and the global issues and how to define what a word means and are you really saying this or saying that. And what I have learned is most useful and what I keep trying to direct people to is do what works for you. Be results-oriented. And the systems of, of tools that resonate most with me are the ones that say, learn to pay attention to what's going on for you in the moment. And if you're happy and feeling healthy and vibrant and loving, there's no work to do there. You just enjoy the moment. But if there's something less than happy, vibrant, loving going on for me in the moment, then I want to be able to have some tools that I can use regardless of what anybody or the situation around me decides to do to move myself to a more loving, productive state. So that's been the theme this week. And uh, cool. it, it's, it, it's led me to talk to people about what you, you, you name as one of the biggest traps of the non-being mind, pseudo-solutions of the non-being mind, and that is got to figure it out. So maybe you could talk to us about figuring it out and how well that works. <laughs> well, uh, not too well from what I've experienced and watched people do, and uh, people spend decades and decades and decades, and, and they think they've got to figure it out, and then there's the same old trauma again at the same amplitude as it was in the past, and they wonder why it's happening to them again. You know, one of the things you triggered as you were speaking is the the Aramaic language. And I, to me, anyone who says there's no work to be done uh, believes there's no work to be done because they choose to remain unconscious of their own work. And interestingly enough, in the Aramaic language, there's a, the the unconscious is built into the understanding of the unconscious is built into the syntax of the language. And there's a particular phrase, O O T A. Uta, that basically when they add that to a word says that whatever the the word is that is the body of the thought that Uta is added to that our perception, decisions, and behaviors are being impacted from the unconscious. So if people find themselves trying to make good decisions yet end up making poor decisions, it's usually because there's an unconscious dynamic involved and they're not able to see it because it's unconscious. And so life comes along and resonates what's in that hidden part of the mind. And, of course, you know, in the Western world, we could not understand the scriptural word that represented unconscious until just a few decades ago when Freud got the Nobel Prize for, they said, discovering. We really, truthfully, have to call it rediscovering the unconscious. Now, if we didn't have an unconscious mind, there wouldn't be any work to do. We'd be aware of what's in there. My take is that the unconscious is a totally artificial creation. We're not designed to have one. And we set it up. Actually, Julie gave us a a really good clue. And I've been doing a little more research uh, since Julie shared with us the other day how the uh, MD that she's working with, who for I don't know how many decades has been doing blood work, uh, was working with and, and checking her hormones and such and found that she had the lowest cortisol levels of anybody that he's ever seen like anybody in all the years he's been doing it. So I started to do a little bit of uh, research on cortisol, and it's interesting. Uh, Cortisol uh, is called, in some circles, the death hormone. So 
my challenge to someone who can play the game of denial, dissociation, and staying unconscious, I don't have any work to do, would be go get a blood test and see what your cortisol levels are. Because what happens with cortisol is cortisol digests brain cells. That's why people go into senility as they, they get older. It's got nothing to do with age. You know, There are people 100 years of age and there's no senility, there's no brain degeneration whatsoever because they have low cortisol levels. But the cortisol actually digests the brain. Why do people lose muscle mass? Cortisol digests the muscle mass. So anybody who thinks they've got no work to do, just go get your cortisol levels checked and you'll find out. Cortisol destroys the immune system. It's like built into the system, if we're not in harmony with who we are and functioning as love, the system's designed to take itself out, literally to digest itself. Uh, people you know, tend to slump, skeletal structure shrinks, uh, they, they hump over because muscles are being literally digested by cortisol. And by the way, uh, and, and I'm still kind of looking at that in terms of what happens exactly to cortisol levels with eustress. You know, there's stress, destructive stress, that stress that doesn't really serve any purpose, a person's fear and hostility and such over goals that create stresses that they have no idea how to resolve. But then there's eustress, and eustress is the kind of stress that is useful for you. When we do the workshop getting the stress you need, we point out that stress is an absolute necessity, and without it we'd be dead. So I'm still looking to see if anybody has done any checking. Maybe you might have some insight on that, Tim, whether anybody's done any checking on what happens to cortisol levels with uh, with you stress. And then one of the other pieces of information I found interesting, uh, actually I just found it just before the show, so I haven't read the whole uh, study yet, but the gentleman Mark Hyman, who uh, is on that radio show that you had recommended to us, awesome radio show, Mark Hyman's an MD, he ended up with um, uh, mercury poisoning from spending time in China with too much pollution, and had no could find no answers in the medical community, and finally had to find healing, and uh, which is much different than the practice of medicine. Although the practice of medicine tries to pretend it's about healing, by and large, it's not. Unless uh, a, a medical practitioner offers healing tools to people, their practice isn't about healing; it's about treating diseases. But Mark is saying that one of the most reliable la- ways, aside from stress, to elevate cortisol levels. Now, some people aren't going to be happy with me with this one. Michael Coughlin, I hope you're not listening, but we are going to see him Saturday. I'm going to tell him about it. One of the most reliable ways to raise your cortisol levels and digest your brain and your muscles and defeat your immune system is drink coffee. One of the most popular drugs in America. Why is aging? Why, Why do people think that it's got to do with time when things start to fall apart because they do things that destroy them. Now, I've been talking for years about caffeine, and actually it's not the caffeine in the coffee at this point, but the coffee is a drug. And, you know, every drug is a disease disguised as a cure. People say, oh, you know, I can't get going until I get up in the morning. Well, the reason is because your adrenal glands are shot. You've got to start supporting your adrenals and get rid of destructive stress. I can't go to the bathroom until I have my first cup of coffee. Well, that's because your bowels are jammed up and you're not eating properly, so your bowels don't work properly, and they need an artificial stimulant to make them work. You know, there's just so many things, and, and, and it's it's kind of like the structure is designed by the creator of it 
that if it's not in harmony with what the creator intended, and my offering is, you know, our question, if you hold a newborn child, you know exactly what human life is about. It's about love. If it's not about love, it takes itself out. Every form that does not function in the human realm as love is in the process of destroying itself, taking itself out. So it just all, you know, comes together and makes sense. Uh, and Julie, thank you for that uh, that information about uh, your having your cortisol levels checked and and you know, 25 years, 28 years, pardon me, of five worksheets a day removes not only present moment destructive stress, but old stresses from old goals that have never been achieved. And you know. You can listen to all the stress experts in the world, and I challenge you to find one that can tell you what causes stress. It seems like everybody's got some kind of a solution. Well, you do this drug, or you meditate, or you breathe, or you know, all kinds of ways that support you continuing under high stress levels and helping to ameliorate the effects of it, but not going back to what really is the cause of stress. You know, it's just like you know, we talked about the movie Concussion. And if you look at the medical profession, they're saying, you know, that that movie is about or, or the, the injury to the brain is about the brain laying down a, a, a protein called tau and it chokes off the function of the brain. So what does the medical community want to do? Well, keep bashing your head against another helmet and smashing your brains out and we'll find a drug that will stop the body from laying down tau. We don't want to deal with the problem, but we can find a way to make money. I mean, there's no money in the solution. Actually, you know, a $13 billion a year industry is going to collapse when people figure out what happens to football players smashing their brains over and over and over again. See the movie Concussion if you haven't seen it. But but the, the approach to, the, to medicine is we can make money perpetuating the behavior that creates destruction and doing something to ameliorate the destruction. And, you know, it, it's just like the beat goes on and the beat goes on and the beat goes on. How do you create stress? All you have to do to create a stress, and, and, and stress is at the root of all behavior. Stress is the prompt for behavior. And you create stress by setting a goal. Now, if back when you were two years of age, you had a goal for dad to pay you more, more attention to you, and that goal was never achieved or canceled, that stress is still in your structure. It creates cortisol. If you had a goal when you were four, six, eight, ten, twelve, we do a meditation in the uh, the Getting the Stress You Need video, where we get people to tap in and start going back and and asking for support and allowing some of those old old goals to surface, so they can be canceled and remove that stress. You know, Julie has been at at least what Julie uh, probably five intensives a year. You know, before she moved to Heartland, she did at least one intensive a year for fifteen years, and then over the last uh, 13 years or so when she's lived at Heartland, she's done, you know, three, four, five, six intensives a summer, continuously opening up and looking at the stresses. If great, great grandfather had a goal that was never achieved or canceled, it was passed on to you in your genes. It creates stress. Is there work to be done? Well, you know, if you think it's normal for a body to be dead, you know, in, or, or, or for longevity to look like 90 or 100 years, then, you know, there's no work to be done. But I offer that bodies dying has nothing whatsoever to do with time. It has to do with death hormones created by stress 
and substances that don't belong in the structure. So, you know, that would be kind of my take for my, my response to someone who says, oh, it's okay as long as you're happy in the moment, go for it. It's like, yes, go for it, enjoy it, have fun, be be awesome in that. And if you feel, you know, I, I love how the Course says it, the slightest irritation covers the deepest rage. That rage creates cortisol in your body. If you've got the slightest irritation, start digging in, drop down into the part of your mind that holds the goal, that drives the stress, and remove it. You know, it's just, it's it's the key to keeping this energy system in integrity for much longer periods of time than one would imagine is even possible. In fact, if you go back to Revelations, and you look at it in its Aramaic context, well, actually, even in the Greek, it says, to he that overcomes, he will not taste of the second death. He will become a... This isn't religion. This is like secular. This is as secular as it gets, where you live. He will become a pillar in the temple of my God and shall go out no more. Now, does that mean we're going to take people and we're going to smash them into buildings and hammer them down as pillars? No. What the temple is your own structure, your own so-called body. If you overcome those energies from generations and generations and generations of insanity and remove what kills you, then you will become a pillar. That is a fixture, something solid, and shall go out no more. In other words, you won't die. Now, that sounds kind of extreme because everybody dies by the age of 100 or so. Come on, Michael, that's silly. Well, maybe we bought a lie. Maybe there is a deeper layer and a deeper level of work to be done, which if you dedicate, you know, you don't have to be sick to get better. And and if you dedicate a reasonable amount of your time to doing your work, you know, it doesn't mean go looking for deep, dark, dirty things that happened in your past. It just means walk through life as love. And if something less than love comes up, do your work. Ooh, a little niggle of irritation. Drop down and see where it goes. And as you do that, physiology realigns, strengthens, and everything moves forward. So that would be my uh, my thought on it, Tim. Uh, any any other ideas in that regard or thoughts to round it out? Well, my experience, what's been working the best for me is a practice similar to what you just said there at the end. I start the day and ask to be shown how to have a lovely day and how to extend love in the day. And as I go through the day, when I begin to experience something other than that, I use one form or another of the tools I have learned. And I keep going on through the day. And if the tool that I need to restore myself to that awareness of my true nature is love takes more than just a breath and a little tapping, then I stop and do that, or I make a note to do that as soon as I can keep my life functioning and take the time out to apply the tool. And for me, it's resulted in dramatic improvements in the quality of my life day to day, moment to moment. Yeah. And and so I don't I don't have the same experience that a lot of people report of, gee, you know, it's like slogging through and I'm so tired of working on this. And one of my hunches is that the people who have that experience have gotten 
hooked into the trap of the the, the pseudo solution of the non-being mind of trying to figure it out. And that, so once right. they realize that there's an irritation, and they apply a tool and shift it or cancel the goal and drop some of the energy, instead of just moving on with their day, they then they get into well, why did that happen and how how did I attract this and how can I avoid ever attracting it again and trying to figure it out and I think that's where a lot of the extra energy is spent that leaves people drained and frustrated and and not able to enjoy the good results but that's just my hunch all right well yesterday you brought up again and you've you've mentioned this before and I haven't memorized her mind yet or her name yet pardon me but I would like to to hear it again so I can fix it in and and more often suggest the just the the sweetness of that tool that you were talking about yesterday where you put your hand over your heart and just gently speak to yourself about you're in pain right now and you don't need to make any decisions right now let's just love ourselves what was her name that's that that is Sylvia Borstein B O O R S T E I N and she's a Jewish Buddhist and she was also interviewed a uh, year yeah well apparently it's fairly common um but she was also interviewed years ago by um Krista Tippett on one of her shows and near the end of the interview Krista said you know I I I loved this thing I read in one of your books about what you do whenever you get upset. Would you tell us about it? And so Sylvia, in her very grandmotherly Jewish accent voice, said, well, when I get angry or sad or scared, I just put my hand over my heart, and I take a few deep breaths, and I talk to myself, and I say, sweetheart, you're in pain. So let's just take a few deep breaths, relax. Then we'll look at what's going on, and then we'll decide what to do. But right now, sweetheart, you're in pain. And breathe into that and be gentle with yourself. And then decide what to do. Cool. Simple, and I see that... Um, effective. Yeah, I see that uh, her uh, interview with Krista Tippett is uh, is on uh, on being still. So it's something we can download and take a look at very cool so sylvia borstein thank you for that it's just such a sweet simple thing to uh to nurture yourself and to do rather than oh i gotta figure this out and getting into all kind of frantic uh unresolved goals driving uh driving insanity it's very very sweet tool and we've had people and we've had people who've over the years heard of that in the either on the radio show or in the Mind Shifters group, and applied it and then come back with testimonials about how it seemed pretty silly at first, but with practice, it's, you know, like one of the things you say, Michael, is that the actual exercise of doing a verbal release gains power over time, and I can strengthen my ability to get results if I simply am willing to practice doing the verbal release to say I release this and let it go I cancel this goal I I allow myself to be shown that practice strengthens the impact and we had somebody come into the group on Tuesday night and give another testimonial about that very thing 
for the past, I don't know, it's been well over a year, maybe two years now, that this person's been coming and working really hard and doing things even though they didn't seem to pay off in the moment and continuing to do them because she's seen other people have results with them and eventually she had this moving, deeply moving experience where she put her hand on her heart and said, you know, sweetheart, you're in pain, and she felt that she loved herself for what she said is the first time she ever remembers having that feeling. And mm. because she worked at it, and she and she allowed it to happen. Well, and, you know, sometimes with these tools, uh, you know, it's, it's the instant society, give me a pill so that this is fixed. And But like any other skill set, you know, if somebody says, well, you know, I think I want to be an attorney, they're not going to go into the courtroom tomorrow and, you know, present a major criminal case, defense or what have you. They're going to go to school for years and build skills and build brain cells and build knowledge before they'll even think about doing that. And yet it's interesting that here we are. I mean, the most complex question of all time is how to live a life as a human being. I mean, you can see how complex it is by all the insanity that's going on in the culture. And not just this culture, but many cultures in the world. There fortunately are some cultures that have never lost their sanity, that have maintained it and function lovingly. But when you look at how many people are just, you know, I mean, you look at the murder rate, you look at this terrorism, you look at divorce and suicide. I mean, it's just, obviously, this is a pretty complex question. And most everybody says, yeah, I got five minutes and five bucks. Tell me everything you know. I want this yesterday. And it's like, no. This is a skill set that, like anything else that's important, is going to take years to develop. And 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 sadly, many people aren't willing to uh, to understand that. And uh, you know, if they don't get the instant result today, or they get the instant result, and then it's like, oh, okay, I got that fixed now. Now I'll move on with my life. And uh, you know, oftentimes we'll see those folks back two, ten, twelve, fifteen years later. With um, well, you know, I I had that handled, but uh, there's another one that's come up. <laughs> so, uh, our our invitation to people is to take the tools and just make it part of your lifestyle that you live with the tools for resolving internal conflict, resolving external conflict, resolving disease energies in your structure, and lowering your cortisol levels. So let's check with Jeannie and see if we've got anybody with a hand up. She's sitting up here. We're on this, I don't know, probably 35-foot cigar boat again today. So Jeannie's sitting up in the captain's seat. I, I posted a picture on Facebook beside the the uh, pilot seat in the uh, in the cockpit, and uh, there she is running the show. Oh, there so, Sweetie, yes, do we, we have, have anybody have... with a hand up? We do have a caller. And I believe that it's oh, great. Jason in Mississippi. You're on the air. Who do, who do we have? 828? Is it Jason? This is Jason. Hello. Hey there, young man. How do you be today? I am well. I'm painting. Uh, and if, if you hear a background noise, that is rain on a tin roof. Um, ah, we... Um, well, you're coming through loud and clear, but we can hear the rain in the background. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, it is quite pleasant, um, and I, I wanted to send you guys uh, a big hug in honor of the holiday today. It is National Hug Day. Oh, all right. I didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah, I heard it on the radio this morning. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was, um, I listened to your show, um, maybe a month back, and you were talking about Dr. Sarno and his approach to healing back pain. Um, right. So, uh, I know quite a few people who have a great deal of back pain, um, family members, and, um, so I decided to buy some of his books and, um, been reading them, or I've been reading one, and, um, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, I hear him mention something about cortisol, uh, in the TMS syndrome, um, I was and I was wondering uh when you bring up coffee um do you do you have any knowledge of coffee having that same effect uh when being used as an enema like a liver cleanse enema I don't know I don't okay. know actually it was a, it was a piece of information I was just you know doing some research on cortisol and it was a piece of information that uh, Mark Hyman, the MD that uh, that does the interview from December 3rd, the On Being show. If you want to listen to it, it's an awesome show because he's I've an MD it. who talks about how. Okay, so so if you just Google that, uh, you can read more about what his research is. I had just found it before the show started, so haven't really okay. gotten uh, into it in depth. Cool. Um, and. Uh... I would uh, like to ask for the, for the team to uh, hold a space for for me and the congregation at the church where uh, where I go on Sunday. Uh, I've been asked by the pastor to teach class um, in his absence. Um, All right. Yeah. So um, I I read my. My grandfather was a Lutheran pastor, and he gave me his Bible before he left. Um, so I, I read it, and I read it with uh, first-century Aramaic eyes. And uh, I told my pastor that you know, uh, my views differ from his, and uh, mentioned briefly the work that I invited him to to watch the uh, PowerPoint presentation. I don't know if he has, but uh, I don't know if it's in spite of or because of that. Uh, so uh, he can hold a space for me to uh, not hold myself to a level of perfection and uh, do what comes naturally. Uh, I would be appreciative if he could hold a space for them to do Receptive, that would be awesome. And uh, with that, I am confused. Okay, well, we'll hold a space that uh, that your guidance is just right there and you know exactly what to say for the audience that you're going to be speaking to. Maybe do a worksheet or two. It sounds like there might be a little bit of trepidation about, mm, are we going to do it right? That might be an old power person dynamic, so a worksheet or two in that direction might be helpful. And uh, we'll hold the space and look forward to hearing from how it goes, from you on how it goes. Excellent. All right, sir. Have a blessed one. Lots of love. Thanks right. for the hug and, and and consider it returned. Right on. 
Okay, take care. Bye-bye. We do have another caller. Oh, okay, go for it, sweetie. Area code 765, you're on the air. Is this Sunny? Yes. Welcome. Well, we haven't heard your voice in a while. Welcome. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hey, what's what's up in your world? uh, Everything you're talking about today, basically. I've been processing, and... um, Yesterday, uh, during acupuncture, the osteopath made the verbal proclamation of muscle memory or reverse cellular memory. And with the back pain, it's not just my back. It's like just kind of triggering the whole structure. So I'm processing as much as I can, and I'm telling you what, I'm going to need a couple reams of paper here. So I I just, uh, yeah, uh, just, um, yeah, not an overwhelmed thing, just kind of not even willing to go there. I'm really doing pretty well to, as much as I don't, my little ego says I do not accept this. Um, I'm attempting to accept this, and I don't know where I'm at, so, um, yeah, I really don't know where I'm at. I don't know of any, you know present rage and anger except for this would like to create some rage and anger because it's getting kind of frustrating <laughs> mm. so so I'd be pointing my worksheets at frustration and it sounds like you might be doing a little more of trying to oh, hold on a second it sounds like you might be doing more of trying to figure it out than collapsing the projections Right, and that's where I get a little confused about that. I love the the way that Dr. Tim just kind of described all that and formatted his his intro. Um, but yeah, you gotta get. I I'm finding myself lost in it, so I'm uh, I really don't know where to start because the word frustration in and of itself doesn't have a, a definition for me that I can put my finger on. It just doesn't perpetuate itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think I think a good definition of frustration is I want what I want when I want it and uh, you're not getting it. So so I'd be looking at if that fits for you, I'd be looking at what is it that you want? What are your goals? You know, <laughs> gee, I want my back to be well. I I I, I, I don't want to have rage in there. I, and so I'd be canceling those goals and see what your mind collapses into, see what's underneath the surface. And and when you say, well, you know, I just don't know, I don't know, I don't know, remember they're the words that go along with unconsciousness. That's that's kind of like, you know, I don't know if you've done the um, Empowered to Heal workshop, but we go through the different emotions and thoughts that produce a shutdown of the endocrine system, and the last end uh, result of that is that unconsciousness shuts down the gonads, shuts down the reproductive ability, which tends to be, you know, base chakra, lower part of the spine. And uh, so you might want to just be looking at how that unconsciousness is manifest physically and then stand in a space of asking Rooker to show you the root of your unconsciousness. And if there's back pain, there's probably rage, as a la uh, Dr. Sarno, who who 
as a surgeon, doesn't use a scalpel anymore, but teaches people that their back right. pain is unconscious rage. And, and so just ask to be shown the root of your rage. And I found that to be very effective. I I, I lived the majority of my life with back pain. Uh, I had a a, cond- uh, a uh, congenital spondylolisthesis at L5. And, you know, if I bent over the wrong way, I couldn't stand back up when I was a kid. And so that's always plagued me. And uh, as I keep, you know, every time I feel even the slightest twinge, it's like, okay, what's this rage about? I'm willing to let go of it. What is it? I'm willing to let go of it. Yeah, that's um, my mantra. Um, I am, uh... and, then, and develop the ability to listen. Develop the, the listening here, too, the inner listening. I remember one of the biggest pieces of, of rage work that I did just back when my son was about maybe two and a half or three. And I say that because I remember in this particular experience, I was carrying him on my hip. And I had worked pretty purposely on being behind the wheel of a car and how I could be an instant rage, just, you know, like in a fraction of a second. Anywhere else in my life, rarely was there ever, you know, I mean, people had to get pretty crazy for me to have a lot of anger come up. But in that situation, it just would be there, fish-shaking rage in a fraction of a second. And it was an issue that I'd worked on pretty purposely, pretty consciously for about five years, and, man, it still plagued me. One day I, I did a forgiveness process, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm being told I'm, with with inner listening, I'm being told that this is an inherited anger from my great great grandfather. Now I didn't know my grandfather, so I didn't certainly didn't know my great grandfather, my great great grandfather. And what I did at that point is I just had a conversation with him. You know, I just asked him to be there and explained that. You know, I was understanding that this was his anger and that I was about to release it and I was going to be finished with it. And if he wanted to do that too, I'd be glad to support him and went through that process. And I've not had a fist-shaking incident behind the wheel of a car in 30 years. So ask. Ask to be shown. And if there are listening ears and willingness, you'll be shown. Well, part of my, uh, you know, I, I understand that. It's not like my first rodeo here. And I just <laughs> roll out, go, how I get back in this deal, right? Why is this happening again, yeah. right? Um, without becoming overly philosophical, and I'm like, okay, yes, this is affecting, you know, giving me some back pain, but I have this float, this rib, one particular rib on the left side that likes to do its thing, and then once that starts, that perpetuates it's like a house of cards and that's where I've been having you know the acupuncture done and and it's it's just like it's been a really good healing process time of where I'm finally in a space of where we can determine any residual effects or and narrow down if there are in fact any lasting effects from the, the experience of the mercury and it's it is quite a process so um, that's why I say I don't know if it's actual back pain or if it is, you know, just a part of these Recurl. other things. That, and it may, yeah, and it manifests. Yeah, obviously after a minute, it's going to affect your back. Yeah. Which, uh, which rib is it? it so. I'm just mad about it. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Which rib is it I, that you're uh, experiencing the pain in? Oh, well, I attempted to ask her which rib, and she said um, she as close as she could guess uh, would be just the thoracics of uh, um, 5, 6, and 7, she said. But then, therefore, we're going back to the spine, but that would be, that would involve that rib. But this actually started months and months ago, like right in heart chakra region. And it's just, it's changed. I'm moving it around, whatever it is, but um, it's debilitating at this point. Yesterday it was the left uh, inch out. My left hip was an inch out. And I'm like, okay, this is like a game of ping pong against the brick wall here. My, where's my opponent? You know? You need to right, right. Yep. Yeah. It keeps running yeah, away. <laughs> exactly. So that's where I'm at. And I don't know, um, like I say, to narrow it down to a worksheet process and just really being in acceptance of of the process. But, it, yeah, and then we come back to, okay, we don't want to go into frustration and start, you know, chasing my tail here. It's like I would just like to have it be one thing. But we've okay, eliminated so then, the so then what I hear you so what I oh, 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 don't go too far away. So so what I'm hearing you say is you want to stay in your frustration. Is that is that what I understood? No, I don't. <laughs> that's not exactly what I. Oh, I, I could have swore that's what I heard you say. Didn't you no. say I want to eliminate my frustration? No, I said when we are going back to you know when we when you had said frustration, it's like I'm not. I don't know. It's not like anything. I, I don't. I don't know where to go with it, you know. So in lieu of calling it frustration, uh, I'd like to to rise above that and just say, okay, where am I? What do you do? Because it, it's not worth frustrated over. It, there's an absolute here somewhere. So then you want to make your focus, rather than eliminating your frustration, you want to make your focus rising above it and healing it. Yep. If we could find any one part of it. So I don't know where I'm at. I just okay. honestly do not know where I'm at except yep. for um So Yeah. Notice notice how deeply you proclaim that you don't know, that you you're in unconsciousness and and how your language reflects that. And so I'd I'd start to shift my language into if I knew and then then that's the going back to what as Dr. Tim had said, it's like okay, knowing would be figuring it out and it's not necessary to figure it out. Something's not at peace, something is not at ease, and this is not pleasurable, this is not fun, and this is not, you know, where I would rather find myself. So, mm-hmm. um, so where would you like to find yourself? Pain-free. What's happening with your breath? What's happening with your breath right now? Um, actually, What's happening with your breath right up, now? Sitting up to get a drink of water, frankly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But that doesn't um, address where your breath was at. What was happening with your breath when you said that? I wasn't consciously aware, other than maybe you might have heard my, my body movement and approaching for a drink of water. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, just, just being being done with this because um it obviously is creating a lot of other other issues that um yeah. So, so when I choose to remain pain, 
when I express that I want to be pain-free, once again, focusing is a creative act. Whether I focus on it because I want it or I don't want it really doesn't matter. If I focus on it, I'm going to get it. So my suggestion would be that you start to language your willingness to become fully aware. Because I think at least, I don't know, maybe eight or ten times you've said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And so there's a great line in The Course in Miracles that says, nothing you refuse to look at can come into awareness. And it sounds like there's something unconscious that wants to come into awareness and it's showing you through physical expression of pain. So perhaps just shifting your language into your willingness to be shown, your willingness to see it, whatever it might be. And it might be something, you know, that's pretty deeply painful that your mind has said, look, we need to put a little capsule around this thorn and don't ever allow it to surface. And so perhaps just languaging your willingness to allow it to surface, to look at it square in the eye and stand as a space of love might help. And looking at the goals that you have, you know, and and rather than to be pain-free, because again, that's the vibration of pain. It's going to tend to keep you there, be for my whole tissue structure to feel good. And I cancel my need for my whole tissue structure to feel good. And as you cancel that, you'll tend to be able to literally, if you if you go with your inner listening, to drop into the place in your mind, which sounds like it's in your rib and your spine, the place in your mind where the energy is, it doesn't belong. And as you're able to capture that with love conscious active and present, You'll be able to dissolve that energy, whatever it is that's creating the pain, and have tissue that feels good, that feels vital and alive and joyous. Well, you are. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just doing a visualization while you were talking and realized how much um, breathe, breathe, go with it go all the way in it it sounds like maybe there's some grief surfacing that's kind of the energy I get you got a whole community here just Spraying love on you and holding the space for you. So go on and let yourself be with it and feel it. We're breathing with you. I thank you because um, um, the past uh, 
couple of times that um, I've been with this new practitioner, she um, just just points to the back of my my head and my neck where it has activated some emotions and um, just like the emotional touch response type stuff. And I don't have to identify any of it. But while you were talking, Michael, I thank you and the visualization of encapsulating the feeling. I'm uh, I'm getting it. It's uh, I've had a few years of opportunity to observe observe my world from a completely different perspective. From, and uh. Go ahead. Notice your breath wants to cut off there. So just let let your breath be connected and let your breath flow through that. And do you have any sense of what that grief is about? The feeling comes, but is there any kind of thought or awareness? You know, even sometimes it can be helpful. I've found, you know, I've found that sometimes there's a, a whole scenario sitting just off to my left the way I've experienced to the left of my field of vision and all I have to do to become aware of it is turn toward it. Go ahead, go for it. Go for it. Let your breath stay open. You're holding tight there in your core and that's what's impacting your ribs and your spine, so let that soften. Just at that place where your lungs want to shut down, your diaphragm wants to shut down. Pay attention down your spine towards your legs. There's a muscle called the psoas. Yes. And it's a muscle that when you raise your leg, lifts your leg up if you're laying flat on your back. Be aware of that. Lift your leg just a little bit and just let it soften. Let it soften. And then whatever's locked there. And it feels like, you know, maybe some pretty primal stuff, like really early, early stuff. That you're getting to the level of vitality that you're starting to be able to touch into. You know, maybe infant stuff. If I remember correctly, your mom passed away very early in your life and you were kind of abandoned. Um, Oh, Uh, uh, caught up to um, caught up to uh, my new Sabbath life here by closing observations and so much of what just watching watching people watch me die during that time making very good choices to stay alive and and uh, I for one am glad you chose to stay alive (laughs) glad you chose to stay alive because you know if I go back to the early the first calls when you called in there was so much just 
crazy stuff. Well, and what you've crazy. worked through. What what you, but what you've worked through, what I appreciate about you is what you've worked through has opened a space for everybody on the planet that's under that kind of unconscious stress. And that's awesome. Because every person that does that piece of work opens a space for everybody else who's got that piece of work to do. Well, with that, uh, we have the question of uh, the reality of of the body, but uh, largely what has happened is uh, it did develop my large muscles ahead of my connective tissue from being so closely emaciated. That's part of where um, I am pissed off because I have to stop. <laughs> you know, getting that so, back, you know, was okay. so terrible. So, important. All right, I want to interrupt you. I want to interrupt you. My offering to you is you're not, quote, unquote, pissed off because of that. You're pissed off because there's pissed off in you. That's all. Your mind will tell you it's because of that. But there's an energy, and it's probably a generational energy. And and it's there just because it's there, and as you breathe into it, soften into it, and forgive it, you'll remove it, and it'll be gone. And you won't have to tell your story about why it's why you're that way. You'll just go, oh, here I am. I have some, oh, my God, spinal challenges, pain, rage. How shocking. And I don't have to make up a story as to why I am, although... You know, one of the it sounds like one of the things that surfaced it for you was that emaciation and the challenges you went through. But ultimately, it's there because it's there. How many generations have lived in it, and that you're willing to burn it off is monumental. Well, we start out as and we're just taking <laughs> mm-hmm. about ten months to get here. This was taking me how many years to rebuild it? <laughs> it's just yeah. 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 You took oh. on a big one, lady. You took on a major one. <laughs> Maybe. You know, the, yeah. you know, the ancient scriptures talk about strength to strength. Here a little, there a little. And and then here's the creator talking to us. And, and, and what the Greeks translated as, with stammering lips in another tongue while I speak to you. In other words, the creator's trying to teach you and we say it's the creator that's speaking with stammering lips and another trunk, or at least the Greeks do. But really, we're listening with phony ears. We're listening with false ears. We're listening through ears of projection. And so we get a little piece here and a little piece there, because not because the creator is speaking in a foreign tongue, but because we're listening with foreign ears, ears based in hostility or fear rather than love. And so I invite you to just, at this moment, take a breath and let your ears... Let your ears for capturing, hearing, and receiving love open and just know that you deserve it and that here's a whole community of people here to support you in it and honoring the work that you've done to get to where you're at. It's awesome. And we are down. My my little timer just told me that we're down to the last few seconds, so I'm going to need to close the show out. But just if 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 you, if we can support you, if you want to call in tomorrow, we can continue this process. That's awesome. I I wish the show wouldn't cut us off because the timer says, "Oop, it's time to cut off." But it does. 
So we'll just hold you in a blessing and hold the space, and uh, and we'll each breathe in the parts of our bodies that are feeling any energies like the ones you're now facing, bringing from the unconscious and healing. And and also thanks for being a demonstration that there's work to be done. Here we are to do it. Have a blessed day. Everybody have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Bye-bye.